Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host, Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Cable. And Control Freak. I see we're back with the hyper-excited mode. I had a lot of caffeine today. Like You have a lot of caffeine every day. Yeah, I didn't really stop drinking tea today, though. Like, I just brought That's tea with me to work and kept... Tea doesn't count. I mean, black tea has a shitload of caffeine in it. Yeah. yeah but it doesn't count. I mean, it does count if it has how caffeine it... in it. Yeah, how does it not count? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would count. I never count it whenever I think about all the caffeine I ingest, or else I'd have to add, like, a gallon of tea to every day. I mean, it depends, yeah, probably on, should. depends on the type of tea you're drinking. Like, black tea has a shitload of caffeine, green tea has less, and so on and so forth. If I... If I was drinking any particular type of tea, I would specify it. He's drinking, like, Lipton Brisk iced tea. (laughs) Just black tea. Oh, well, black tea has a buttload of uh, caffeine in it. Yeah. Now, I haven't had any tea today. I haven't had any caffeine today, but that's probably why I have a migraine. Yeah, Uh, definitely why you have a migraine. (laughs) Those are called withdrawals. (laughs) I know this from experience. Uh, yeah, but it's socially acceptable to be addicted to caffeine. It is. For some reason. And apparently we also let our children do it. Like me. No yeah, wonder you're so every adult in the US is every adult in the US is addicted to caffeine. You know, I know some people who don't need caffeine to human. They're weird to me. Well, even whenever I didn't quote unquote need it, caffeine was still always a large staple of my diet. Yeah, I I think caffeine's been a large staple of my diet since I was, like, 11. All right, you caffeine junkies. Since we're not trying to plug ourselves for monster energy drinks, what are we talking about today? Well, of course we're not. None of us are named Kyle. That's true. I'd still for monster. Oh, God. So what have y'all been playing today? Uh, Well, for myself... As excited as I am, because, oh my god, I've been waiting so many years for this thing. Uh, Bloodstained officially came out today. On PC. And I think PS4. If people got their physical copies, then, yeah, they could start playing. But, yes, for PC, for download, it is officially out, and, oh my god, I'm in love. (laughs) And this is aside from the fact that the main character has huge tracts of land. Is that what we're going to call it now? <laughs> the most polite way I can say that she's stacked. But no, the the game is just gorgeous. And if anyone likes the Metroidvania or remembers Castlevania Symphony of the Night, go look it up. Because guess what? Koji Igarashi is the guy that made this game. Because oh, Capcom said, or Konami said... No, we don't want you to make another Castlevania in the Metroidvania style. We want we want 3D games. And so Koji said, okay, bye. Hey, Internet, you want me to make a spiritual successor to Castlevania Symphony of the Night? And the Internet connective- collectively drooled all over themselves. I wonder yeah. why this works for everybody except for the Mega Man guy. <laughs> because the Mega Man guy took his original Mega Man concept, tried to rehash it, but didn't have the actual chops to get it rehashed. Like, a lot of the mechanics that he used, that he wanted to, like, incorporate into it, 
just didn't end up flowing. I don't know if it was something on the back end or they just tried to rush it or what. Because you're talking about Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah. And yeah, I guess KG Inafune. KG what? Inafune. Hmm. That's um, the dude's name. Okay. And just so the internet I looked forward to that one as well, and then when it first, like when it launched, it got destroyed by the internet. Which and, is funny because all them Kickstarter videos about how it was going to be like this whole new IP, and they were planning the cartoon series. Yep. Hmm. And that's that's the thing with with Bloodstained. I've seen a couple people online already posting like, yeah, it feels very much like the classic, but it doesn't bring anything new to it, and in the back of my mind, I'm literally screaming like, I don't care because so many other games have tried to throw new shit into the mix that mm-hmm. it ruins the genre. This goes back to what made the genre great in the beginning. It was like, all right, I'm exploring this massive castle and I've killed this boss and now I've gotten my new upgrade to explore a new portion of the castle. Wasn't Sweet. It, wasn't it the whole point of Bloodstain was to literally just remake symphony of the night because nobody was doing the metroidvania right except maybe dark souls pretty much pretty much it was let's go back to our roots and bring back what made this great and in my opinion he has done exactly that Hmm. and again i've got like three or four hours into the game today alone because that's what i've been playing and i'm loving it i'm enjoying finding like the new bad guys, killing them, getting their loot drops, seeing what it does, and just, I'm having a blast with it. Which is what matters for a game. And I may just keep spewing how much I love this game, mostly because I love Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So I'm going to pass it on to the next individual. Light. Say something about their game. I've I've literally never played Symphony of the Night. Nor have I. Uh, Oh my god, you both just stabbed me in my soul. I Although it is an older game, was so. the closest I got to like Aria, Thara, uh, Game Boy Advance, Castlevania game. I've that never played a Castlevania game. I I should hurt you. <laughs> like, I I would actually suggest if you can find it to pick up Aria of Sorrow because that was actually one of the good ones, it, in my opinion. I've been trying to track down a physical copy of Symphony in the Night for a very long time. Like I go to resale shops at the state fair and around me trying to find it. But obviously, because it's Symphony of the Fucking Night, it's so goddamn rare. Yeah. I, I know they re-released it for Xbox 360, like, back in the day, but I never picked it oh. up for some reason. I, I feel like the controls didn't gel with me well, and I, I don't remember why. Honestly, you could pick it up on the Xbox One. Yeah, I believe it actually ports over. Is it? Oh, yeah. oh, that would definitely be one. If it came out for any of the Xbox consoles, it would be available on Xbox One. Well, yeah, because it's it's just the classic arcade. I should look yeah. up. I would check if I remembered where the hell I put my phone, but I'll check after <laughs> recording. <laughs> Light, what have you been playing? So I replayed through uh, Alpha Protocol twice. Oh shit. Um. Yeah, it's all right still. It hasn't changed. <laughs> I, but. <laughs> I don't think it was ever anything other than, at best, all right. Yeah, it's a lot of good ideas. The story is amazing, and I, I'm learning some of the, some more of the systems. And it's actually, there's a lot under the hood that's pretty dope about that game. But uh, regardless, 
I got kind of bored on my second playthrough and I decided like, what games do I have that I just don't play that I could just try now? And um, so I landed on Chronicles of Riddick. Assault on Butcher Bay? Yeah. It's Escape from Butcher Bay and Assault on Dark, you know. (laughs) Whoops. How's that? Shows how much he knows about them. I mean, I've never played a Chronicles of Riddick game. I just know them by reputation. Mm. Oh. Yeah. It's really good. I mean, I always enjoyed the films. It's really good. It's weird because, like, I remember I played it on Xbox, like, original Xbox, and I beat it, and it was amazing, and that's why I checked out the films. And so now I'm kind of a, a... a pretty decent Riddick fan. So you um, you didn't go from films to games like I assume most people did. You went from games to film. Yeah. Hmm. And but Assault on Dark Athena didn't exist back then. That was added uh, whenever it came to the current gen consoles in two thousand nine. Right, because I was just like thing... an expansion pack essentially on the Escape from Butcher Bay. Yeah, and by the time I played it a second time, shit like Gears had already come out. Let's see, it came out in 09. I played it pretty soon after release, but I, I would say probably 2010. Okay. But it, I was so used to modern controls and stuff that I really didn't care for it. I, and I'm getting back into it now, and the game actually still holds up pretty well. Well, that's good, because I've gone back to a couple old games that I remember fondly and just kind of went, oh, this this is just bad. Yeah, <laughs> like most of the James Bond games I used to play. Yeah, I'll give you that. Let's um, go play Goldeneye. Oh god, Goldeneye, like for sure, didn't hold up. But like Nightfire and Agent Underfire, those really didn't hold up. <laughs> well, this game has a really, especially considering that it was 2004 at the time. The graphics are amazing, which is kind of cool because they're relying on uh, just textures and normal mapping rather than polygons. So it's cool what they can actually pull out of it. And um, and the lighting system's really nice. The only thing I don't like is it's an early lighting system game. So that means, like, shadows are just utter blackness. And oh. there is no video setting that you can set up to where that gets visible. Yeah, I, I remember those old PS2 era, like, how do we do stealth? Well, let's just make it black. Once you get, once you get Riddick's eye shine, you can see in those areas. Yeah. It's, I don't like the way it works either. You're basically broadcasting a light from your head. So if you get too close to a shiny surface, you're blinded. No, but uh, I mean, but yeah, it's got a very binary lighting system. That is kind of a neat mechanic, though. <laughs> if not a little bit counterintuitive. Your eyeballs become spotlights in the dark. Hey, uh, Dave, where's the guy we're supposed to kill? I think he's over there. How can you tell? Uh, it looks like the Fox logo is lit up in the corner. Yeah, but uh, overall, man, it's actually, it's really good. What I'm, Riddick was one of them first game, first, first person shooter games that blew me away because you could look down and see your body. Oh, shit. In addition to that, he fucking moves. Like, if I could break the camera away and look at him the entire time, they've animated everything. When you hit the corner of a wall, he holds his gun out. Like, he'll tilt his gun so that it's still shooting where you want it to shoot, even if, like, half of your head is behind the wall. Shit, that's... That's, like, modern systems. My god. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why sometimes my vision would shuffle whenever I was talking to a person. And it took me a moment to realize, like, he was 
just stopping from because uh, I had been walking. He was just stopping and adjusting his body. And yeah, it's it, it's nifty. A lot of the stuff that's in here. I'm still very early on. I'll give my assessment later. But uh, but the game engrossed me enough that I actually turned up the volume and shut off a podcast. So holy shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably worth checking out for me, even all, after all these years. Uh, I yeah, the Sultan Dark Athena upgrade is definitely worth it. Oh, I believe it. Um, I have been playing a couple things this week as well. Uh, first and foremost is Sea of Thieves, which yeah. I didn't ever think I would buy because every review when the game came out just said there was nothing to do, and if you didn't have friends to play it with, you wouldn't have fun. Yeah. And I didn't have anybody who was willing to buy it at the time, so I was like, well, guess that's just something that's never going to hit my radar. Then I managed to get it through Game Pass during E3, and I've been playing the shit out of it. And I can say, it, you know what? Since they added all the stuff since launch, I, mind you, I haven't been playing since launch, so I don't know what they've added and what wasn't there at the start. But it's better. It's better. It's fun. I've been enjoying it. Even when it's just me in control playing, I enjoy the game. It's very, you know, it's got rare signature cartoony art style to it. The sailing feels realistic, for lack of a better term. And the ocean physics are goddamn astounding. Yeah. Like, holy... Like, when your ship is rising in a storm, you actively feel like you're going to fall off the deck. And then your ship capsizes because storm, and then you do fall off the deck. Oh god, I'm stuck in the ocean! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not a game you should play if you have that fear of deep water. I forget what Can it's you... What, you mean the one that I have? Because, oh my god, anxiety? Yeah, that one. When you got knocked off the ship with a giant shark. <laughs> I still wish you were recording that. I... Can you dive? Can you dive? Yeah, like, if you find yourself stuck in the water, can you just go swimming? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, like, respawn you back on the ship. You can literally fall off in the middle of deep ocean, have nothing underneath you, and just be staring into the blue abyss. But yeah, I mean, I know that it doesn't just, you know, automatically respawn you. I was just wondering if it, uh, if you could actually go underwater or if you just waded through. You can. You have a unseen oxygen gauge. It does that thing where the screen starts to go tunnel, like black tunnel vision, and then it just flashes red until you drown. Yep. It that hmm. that whole game though operates a lot on audio and visual cues. Like yeah, how, how long did it fucking take me to figure out that when you put the rudder amidships, it made that kachunk sound? <laughs> uh, I think we were halfway through our second day of playing. Yeah, and then. Uh, I found it, and then I noticed that when it made the kachunk sound, it was the gold-plated um, pieces of the wheel. So it it has a lot of visual cues for things like the wind. There's no like wind gauge; you physically have to look and see which direction the wind is blowing, or look at your flag and see which direction it's flapping, which is pretty cool. Uh, fixing hole, yeah. fixing holes in your ship is fun. You know, it adds this frantic element when you accidentally go too close to an island or another ship or somebody uh-huh. decides in port that they just want your stuff while you're unloading, so they try to sink you. But they're in the tiniest ship and you're in the biggest ship, so you unload many broadsides at their tiny ship. 
and blow it to kingdom come. Uh, and, and then, then they swim, still swim over and try to board your ship. Twice. <laughs> uh, then I've also been playing uh, Minecraft, oddly enough. Because my buddy started a server. And the Division 2. Which is better than Division 1, and that's really all I can say about it. Yeah. It's, it's the Division again, but better. No, I actually... I posed a question to our Facebook group, and I asked every I asked the group to post their favorite gaming moments. Now, a lot of people posted like uh, plot twists from games or specific game moments they've had in multiplayer uh, playing with people. Shout out to everybody who posted on that. I love you guys. It it made me think of what happened to us on Sunday when we were playing Sea of Thieves. We jumped into Sea of Thieves Sunday night. And we're sailing through. We have a full crew of four on the biggest ship. And we're just trying to get some money. We're trying to do quests, get bounties, get money. And a big thing with this game, since we've started playing, we've noticed when you meet other players, chances are they're going to attack you. It's just part of the game because you're a pirate. So we see this big armada of ships forming. Like they're all meeting at an island. And then they start sailing away. And one ship breaks off towards us. So we all man the cannons, unload a volley, we all miss horribly. Yeah, I was piloting, so <laughs> you all missed. We, uh, we, we, it was a group effort. The, uh -huh. ship, the ship is a we. But no, they ended up uh, wanting to... A ship is a she. You're right, a ship is a she. Um, but they That's wanted to... They ended all up my knowledge about wanting to recruit every player crew on the fucking server to do the final end game raid hmm. which there were what five six ships in that fleet at one point so we started off with six ships and suffice to say one of the crews was being dickish and tried to kill everyone else succeeded in killing us oh, multiple yeah. times and used our ship as a firing platform Oh, fuck them people. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, it was... I haven't seen this level of cooperation in, like, an, a massively online game like this. Because, mm -hmm. like, Destiny has its rate, like, its player events, and everybody technically works together for that, but it really doesn't require much coordination to do those. Yeah. I can't speak for Division. Th this reminded me of back in the day when you do a WoW raid. Because there was literally a point where we were all sitting grouped around an island. We had representatives from every ship on one of the ships talking strategy. Yep. And oh, then, you nerds. And then we went up, we went, did the mission. Unfortunately, because that's super endgame content, we couldn't actually finish the mission with the super <laughs> expensive skull. Yeah, well... And yeah, because the guy who coordinated it, the one who actually had the quest, ended up disconnecting. Oh. Uh, come to find out later, kid was like a teenager or something, and his mom pulled the Wi-Fi. Oh, is that what happened? Mm. Yeah, he hit me up afterwards talking about that. And, I mean, I started laughing because I was like, oh, my God, that's that's both hilarious and annoying as shit. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so since his ship disappeared, which is the one that had the relic that allowed us to even get to the island, the rest of our ships were screwed. Not, for, not for lack of trying. 
Yeah. <laughs> we definitely had... So we decided to basically say, fuck one of the ships and just all pile on one of the big ships that was left. And everybody was down. Everybody except the guy who was driving the boat was down in the hole, just patching holes. And eventually it just auto spawned us back there, which sucked. Yeah, but, I mean, pretty much everyone blacked out and the ship auto scuttled. Yeah. Damn. Fuck, we even tried to see if a rowboat would make it. It it didn't. <laughs> that that actually was really funny when you guys <laughs> just put it off in the rowboat and it was just like the other guy pissing off into the middle of the sea. Yep. It's like, alright guys, good luck. And nope. Uh hmm. but it, it was a super fun time and you know, that's the that's the reason I still game is for the moments like that. And mm-hmm. then you get the moments where your entire team doesn't understand that we need armor anywhere but spawn. Like, what happened? But happen- that's not fun, bro. I want to get 150 kills. It's like, I need... There are five tanks here. We need some goddamn armor on the beach. <laughs> we were playing Battlefield. Yeah, we, also don't, we also don't need airplanes into the heads of our teammates. It's not my fault. He, it's not my fault he ditched the plane into the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's still the funniest shit, though. Uh, Didn't see it. No, no, no. This was in Battlefield Five last night. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we were playing Battlefield Five, and uh, there was a map where I was flying around in a plane, Control was fighting on the ground, and I was shooting at an enemy bomber, he ended up putting his plane into the side of a mountain where our team was fighting. Hmm. And I had been shooting at him and taking out his engines. <laughs> so oh, oh. I inadvertently caused Control's death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, sudden and probably painless, but God damn it! <laughs> hey, it it's not as bad. Well, I mean, it's about as bad as the match as like two matches before that one. I spawned in on a teammate, looked up, and there was a V1 rocket right in my face. Like, about to land on me. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) I just kind of looked at it and went, well, shit. Boom. My game lagged so fucking hard after that. Um, Oh, uh, piece of news. Uh, Fallout 76, I finally got my actual canvas bag. Oh, good. Yeah, it arri- is, it, is it garbage? I mean, it's just the nylon bag. It's a canvas bowling bag. That's what it is. It's like not uh, even a normal duffel bag. It it's like about the size of a bowling bag. Mm. So, I mean, it's cool. It's good if you need like a bag for a night trip somewhere. But but obviously Bethesda will have their act together when it comes time to do the Doom helmet. They fucking better. Fucking. I'm not sure they're stand another disappointment like that. I, you know what, the Fallout fan base, yeah, all right, they haven't had many disappointments. The Doom fan base had Doom three, and I don't think they forgot. Don't speak about Doom three. Doom three wasn't that bad. It was good for what it was, but it wasn't a Doom game. Um, um I don't have a lot. I don't have many multiplayer game stories, obviously, but I do want to share a a random gaming moment that will stick with me forever. Go for it. I um. Early on, I, I would give my kid uh, a a wired controller with no wire, right? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she would play along with me. And she told me one day, she's she's young, like uh, six-ish, five or six. And she tells me, she's like, you know, I know that this isn't turned on, but I still play along with you because of my power. And I'm like, your powers? And she's like, oh, yeah, it's my powers that are saving you every time. Uh, if I wasn't here, you would have died already. And I'm like, okay, show me something crazy with your powers. And to indulge her a little bit, I'm playing Red Dead Redemption. To indulge her a little bit, I I made sure that the horse ran faster, right? Right. And she goes, and now I'm going to jump. And so I press the horse leap button. And no joke, for the first time ever in Red Dead Redemption, I landed perfectly on the back of somebody else's stagecoach. Like, just some shit you don't see, and I was just sitting there on my horse while this coach just drove us around. And she goes, see, the horse was tired, so I used my powers to let him take a break. (laughs) That's amazing. And adorable at the same time. Yeah, I had to to take a photo of it and everything. I could not believe that that shit happened. I mean, (laughs) you just told me it, and I can't believe it. Oh, we got another piece of news this week. The teaser trailer for Monster Hunter the movie leaked. Woohoo! With Mila Jopovich. <laughs> oh, I know some people are going to be real mad about that, but... Jehovah or it's, uh, Jovovich? Yeah, I think it's Jovovich. Jovovich? If you yeah. want to go with the actual no pronunciation of it. Um, yeah. it looks okay. It, like, it... Looks decent. Mind you, I I watched the trailer, you know, on grainy, I filmed this from my cell phone camera at a press event, (laughs) O-Vision. Don't worry, man, that's how I watched Detective Pikachu. Oh, God, how? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You weren't the only one playing pirate this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't look terrible. Mind you, they didn't show us much. We got kind of a quick glimpse of uh, Diablos breaking from the ground and, you know, Rathalos breathing fire. If you don't know Monster Hunter, uh, you won't understand the things I just said. It does not matter how many times you say those names. It means nothing. I mean, it means something. I mean, it means something to somebody who plays Monster Hunter because those monsters have very distinct looks and they... I'm sure people would be mad if they didn't get them right. No, that's like a 3% reference. It's kind of like... 97% of people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 3% appreciate it. I mean, probably 100% of Monster Hunter fans appreciate it. I don't know how many of them listen to this podcast. Probably about 3%. That's where I'm getting. Well, you're splitting hairs here. What we do, though. But no, it it looks good. We split hairs. That's our job. Yeah. And Ron Perlman's in it. I want to argue against that so bad, but I do know that, like... We all have moments of hair splitting every time. Yeah, yeah. Every single fucking time. Um The movie's gonna suck. Probably, but people are there for Ron Perlman. That's that's what it's gonna be. I mean I'm there for Ron Perlman and Mila Jovovich. Or Jovovich. No, nah, I'm not really there for old Milk Dud Nips as much as I am there for like Tony Jaw. I'll give you Ron Perlman, he's a national treasure. He is a national treasure, and we need to let him make Hellboy 3. Do we, though? Yes, because he wants to. Oh, well then fuck it, let him. Just let him do it. 
I mean, fuck, if you went yeah, on... Yeah, he to do it. If he went on Kickstarter, I'm sure he could get the money to do it. See, I'd rather them take, like, the Ghostbusters approach, reboot it all with women but no plot, even so no matter how funny it is, it never takes off. No. Uh, I Like, you know how the third Ghostbusters was the video game? <laughs> I didn't, but okay. Ghostbusters the video game is basically the Ghostbusters 3 that Dan Aykroyd was trying to make throughout the night. Huh. They even got all the cast back. Well, I knew that. And the plot sound the plot of the new Ghostbusters sounds highly similar. Them handing the reins to the younger generation of Ghostbusters. Yeah, you played a new recruit for the Ghostbusters in that one. Right. See, they, since it was the '90s, they were still young enough to Ghostbust. But yeah, it was about training the next gen. Anyway, I'd like to see them do that with uh with Hellboy Three, Del Toro's Hellboy Three. Del Toro's dealing wheeling and dealing in the game industry now, and. Ron Perlman, I'm sure, would be down to mocap it. He wouldn't have to do all the, uh, all the makeup. Who would you play as? Just a new recruit to the agency fighting alongside Hellboy? No, you'd play Hellboy. Oh. Duh. That's not a game. Like, I'm not trying to sound mean, but Hellboy is not a game where they, if they were like, here's Hellboy, and here's you, Hellboy's gonna teach you the ropes. You know there'd be somebody who'd still enjoy that. Probably. They're the same people who, you know, put their fanfiction characters next to Sonic and bought Sonic Forces. Let's face it, they're the same kind of people who eat Fruit Loops separate from the milk. They are monsters. <laughs> or they're nine. Yeah, or the villain from Get Out. But yeah, no, that looks like a, looks like a good film. I don't think we've gotten any new news on the Doom It does reboot. not look like a good film. It looks like a good film for what they're doing with it. No. Yes. You're blind. I mean, probably. <laughs> it looks as good as Pacific Rim Uprising. Ouch. At its very best, it won't be offensive. I mean, that seems just what Paul W.S. Anderson does. Exactly. At its best, it's not offensive. Hi, Resident Evil 2. Yeah. So... Okay, I I have to bring this up now because it's been sitting on my mind for two days. Mm -hmm. I was listening to another podcast. Shout out! <gasps> to I know I listened to so many. Shout out to them <laughs> fancy dinosaurs because they're the ones who sparked this idea. A a game where you build a zoo, you know, fill it with animals like you would Zoo Tycoon. Here's the plot twist: the animals aren't the attraction. The xenomorphs that come from them are. So it's a zoo tycoon game where you are managing a park full of xenomorphs made from different animals. That's pretty cool. I... That I, sounds horrific. It sounds hilarious. Can you imagine an elephant-sized xenomorph? Can you, Absurd. Imagine that, that, can you imagine that birth sequence? Oh yeah, dude. Well, nope. it's gonna. they're all going to be chest bursters. Yeah. This concept, this ridiculous concept of a zoo tycoon clone just shows how little Fox is doing with this IP. <laughs> right? Like That sounds incredible. I mean, we've had every Alien movie where Waylon yutani is trying to weaponize it, right? Why not have the yep. movie where you're just trying to put it in an alien park? Yeah. And the movie is just them fighting the different versions of xenomorphs. And the well... You you could make it a sequel to the AVP series in, Ooh. in that Predator did so well hunting down xenomorphs that now they're breeding new ones that then are set loose on the savannah. 
That could be neat. I mean, that yeah, would be neat. Into each other. I, I just imagine, though, the most deadly of all the xenomorphs. The platomorph. <laughs> I don't even know what that would look like, but it'd be the most horrifying and deadly xenomorph ever, just to oh, yeah. spite wherever, everybody. Wherever you place random genitalia on a platypus, it's horrific. <laughs> random genitalia? That's, that's what a xenomorph is. Fuck. It's all head the big old dick. That's a better episode title than xenomorph platypus. <laughs> Random genitalia. Oh, but yeah. No, that was the idea that was sitting on my mind for two days. Because I think it'd be a fucking blast. Because at some point in that game, it would go from being a park management sim to a survival horror or a first-person shooter. <laughs> That'd be cool, man. One of the mini-games could just be, like, old-school deer hunter, but it's, you know, xenomorph hunter. Yeah, you have to have, like, an Ellen Ripley type on staff or the Xenomorphs will just all kill everybody because the Marines are fucking useless. Oh, see, I think that humanity as a whole was useless against the Xenomorph. I couldn't even see us doing the zoo, so I had it all on Predator World. Okay, well, why would they have a platypus? Because would they even know what a platypus is. They've been here a bunch, guys. They've been to Earth a lot. No, because everybody seems to forget that, so they've never been here. But they could have seen a platypi. They could have been like, wow, this thing's got everything going on for it. This is the most <laughs> confusing thing we've ever seen. We're going to take it home oh, and shit. study it. Oh, shit, its claws are poisonous. <laughs> and then the next guy comes and actually gets the platypi. <laughs> well, I know not to touch the claws. Just pick it up here. Oh, it likes belly scratches. Just imagine a predator holding one in its hand, arms like a baby, giving it scratches. But every time it coos, you have to see it open that vagina dentata mouth of its. <laughs> oh my goodness. <sighs> or, you know, how predators sound, because that was not how Yeah, no, that sounded like you were strangling yourself. Yeah, possibly, I mean, he might be. Possibly with a platypus. I could just be strangling a platypus. You don't know what that sounds like. You're right, I don't. Why are you strangling a platypus? Because they're they're affronts to God. No, they're not. They're great. Don't you dare insult the platypus. Who has poisonous feet? Come on. I mean... The great and mighty platypi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, only the boy platypus actually is poisonous. That is a good game idea, though. The Zoo Tycoon thing for Alien. Yeah. It, it, did you guys ever play uh, Alien vs. Predator Extinction? Nope. Do you know what it is? Nope. Okay. It was an RTS... It was a console RTS that released for the PS2, the Xbox, and I think the GameCube. Never came to PC where it would have fucking thrived, but, you know, what do I know about shit nothing basically you could pick the humans who were your standard like rts you know soldier flamethrower unit grenade launcher that kind of thing mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. predators whose were you know less you more powerful units but less of them mm -hmm. and then the aliens where you had your queen you basically had to cover the floor in alien goose a la the zerg um and then, like, capture humans and predators to make different types of aliens to bolster your ranks. It was the hardest one to play, but with the most interesting mechanic yeah. for generating new units. 
I do also believe that drones could just grow out of eggs. So they kind of went for the whole, um, I don't know if you've heard the theory from the first Alien movie from the deleted scene. Where basically the dude is just getting converted into an egg. Mm. Terrifying. Yeah, it it was a horrifying scene because it it was before the alien queen was introduced. So it was like, oh, is this where alien eggs come from? They turn their victims into eggs. That's terrifying. And then the queen got introduced, and that kind of got left by the wayside. I guess it was addressed in the books. I don't know. That was one of my late night Wikipedia deep dives. Out of both, oh. Man, I did that for the Matrix, but uh, <laughs> they—I've uh, only ever seen Alien. Oh, the the film, like the first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that—that's the one where you see it. It's in one of the. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm just saying, like, I didn't know that theory, but I've—that's literally the only film I've seen out of the entire franchise, out of both franchises. Really? So you've never mm-hmm. seen like Schwarzenegger's Predator either? Mm-mm. Wow. Wow. I've been thinking of getting it recently. You definitely should. It's a good fi- it's a good flick. I believe it. Um also you should see Aliens and then stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I've seen Prometheus. I forgot that that's connected. Most people did, including the director. This has gone from a gaming podcast to movie hour apparently. <laughs> well, downside what's going on in gaming? That's, I mean, it's post-E3, so pretty much everything in gaming is this thing at E3. We got yeah. more in-depth yeah. look at it. Every article is, E3 sucked. Here's some great games from it, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that's the whole thing. There was nothing redeemable about E3. And then the next article is, the most redeemable games from E3. Yeah, and, I mean, we could do another you know 20 minutes of the episode just talking about our favorite shit for me three but we we covered E3. the world has heard yeah the world has heard that yeah which that was actually fun fact our most popular episode to date and episode 10 of the podcast i think that uh double digits bitches yeah we finally we published do double digit numbers of this podcast <laughs> i think we'd do even better if we were shitting on e3 though I mean... That seems to be where the money's at now. We kind of did. <laughs> like... I didn't. We definitely didn't praise it. Overly praise it. There were the parts we liked, the parts we didn't. I took it for what it is. Companies jerking yeah. themselves off? Basically. Um, Actually, at Company Y, it's all about the gamer. Good God. <laughs> yeah, I really don't have anything else this week. I mean, outside of, like, the random articles, again, we talked about Monster Hunter coming out. Yeah. Well, the Monster Hunter trailer leaked, which, eh, I actually probably would have preferred a full CGI movie. Yeah. That instead of live better. action. That would have been better. Because they're going to go full CGI if any of the characters are riding any of the, uh, the monsters. Or if any <laughs> of the know? monsters are on screen in general. Yeah. 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 Unless they built a life-size Rathalos, in which case... Well, um, in which case the they've fuck? gone Jurassic Park and holy shit. No, look, guys, come on. If we're being totally serious here, if there's one person who could pull off CGI and uh, 
live action in a Monster Hunter movie. It, it's the visionary director, Paul W.S. Anderson. It took him four movies to get the liquor right. Actually, the CG... <laughs> Heavy quotations on right. You know what? I, I know we all give... I know most of the gaming community gives Paul W.S. Anderson a lot of shit for the Resident Evil movies, but he actually didn't do terrible with the CGI in them. Once he kind of figured no, out how to... Yeah. I mean, once he kind of figured out how to do the lighting right so you couldn't tell it was CGI anymore, it looked really good. <laughs> I think the CG was always good for its time. Yeah. I mean, it got better, though. Like, that was the one consistent thing that got better through all the movies was the CGI of the monsters. Not as directing. <laughs> no. No. Or the plot. Are we sure he's actually a director? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, dude. He's a filmmaker. <laughs> uh, he's a visionary. No, 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 no. Guys, guys, there's only one visionary for gaming films. Oh, boy. It's Uva Bull. Uh, you mean Uwe Bull? Yeah, him. Uva Bull. Uva Bull? I don't care what his fucking name is. <laughs> Everything he's made sucks. I, I mean, I mean, Alone in the Dark was pretty good. Yeah, I know. I know he listens to this. Anton, go go ahead and post what you thought of uh, Alone in the Dark on the Facebook, because I know I made you and Jovi watch that movie on Halloween. Oh, you monster! Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I I felt bad after that but i couldn't i didn't want to watch it alone and i picked it up for a dollar wait the christian Her slater movie yeah the christian slater yeah. movie what the hell does that have to do with alone in the dark what that's what the hell what kind of movie is that what the shit it's not alone i've never the... seen it it's not an alone in the dark movie <laughs> it's alone in the dark in the same like frame of reference that doom is doom it looks more like darkness. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Except he's, you know, not actually possessed by the um, thing. It's just some fucking, what the hell? No, fun fact, he is actually hey, possessed hey. by them. Oh, so uh, it is darkness. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Alone in the Dark fucking ruled, and Tara Reid was such a brilliant scientist in that movie. Like, she really sold it very well. She, uh, I'd say... I'd say that she even surpassed uh, a mark. Jesus. Can, and how, he completely cut out. How can you finish <laughs> Did any that? Of that? Get through. Most of it didn't, but that's probably fine because even your phone realized you were spouting bullshit. Was he Actually, about to make a comment about Marky Mark? Mark Wal I say that she did. She played a better scientist than Mark Wahlberg played a teacher in Happening. I never saw Happening. Wait, Mark Wahlberg was a teacher in The Happening? He's a science teacher, bro. Huh. What's happening? <laughs> I mean, I've... Well, I, got I've, I watched most of that movie, and I actually did not know that. <laughs> That's not... You didn't realize you were the fucking teacher? What? No. no. God, no. That's terrible. <laughs> God. Uh... <laughs> oh, good lord. That movie, uh, man. 
You know, you know what? I will give Uwe Boll credit for one of his movies. Postal oh was at best entertaining. <laughs> was it? I mean, I had fun with it. <laughs> I won't begrudge you that. I have bad taste in movies, but Uwe Boll's movies suck. Something what about Rampage? Oh, I forgot he did Rampage. Oh, yeah, because he was trying to sue the new Rampage. Yeah. Now, that movie was fun. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What about Blood Rain? No. Eh. <laughs> there's, this, there's this moment in Blood Rain where she holds a dude up against a uh, a steel prison like door area. And, like, all I could focus on was how it kept rattling like it was made of styrofoam the whole time. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, fucking... It wasn't the best quality of movie, but... No. Also, who the fuck is... Who the fuck is that actor who played, like, the main guy of the Brimstone Society? I don't know. I never actually saw the movie. I just know he made it. <laughs> no. I've blocked it from my mind along with Reign of the King or In the Name of the King or whatever the fuck that was. No, it was I think a... it was In the Name of the King. Yep. The Dungeon Siege movie. Uh... What about the Far Cry movie? Oh, God. I didn't actually... I didn't even know that one existed. I didn't see that Neither one. did I. It has a 3.1 on IMDb. Apparently. Yeah. That's high praise for Uwe Boll. <laughs> Oh, didn't he also do House of the Dead? Yes. Oh. That one was oh. before Alone in the Dark. Oh. Oof. I cannot remember why, but I've seen the shit out of Alone in the, Alone in the Dark, including bonus features. Is it... I don't know why. Wait, he did Assault on Wall Street. Okay, we're we're getting way too into Uwe Boll and his... Yeah, what the you know what? Movie. I got I got one anecdote about Uwe Boll, and then I, too, am done with the subject. Uh, so for Rampage or Postal, for Postal, he offered to box any critic. Oh yeah, and uh, he did beat the shit out of like one or two people. Even though the odds were stacked in his favor, he had like six weeks of training where everybody else gets like one. Anyway, yeah. he turned down a chance to go up against Sean Baby, the internet's Sean Baby. You either know him or you don't. If you don't know him, look him up. I think I remember hearing uh, about this. And and Sean Baby actually knows kickboxing. And he fucking turned him down. Yeah, because he knew he couldn't win. I mean, fuck. I would have loved to see it. I, I have the Postal DVD. <laughs> I paid money for that movie. <laughs> it came with oh, a free shit. copy of Postal 2. <laughs> Of course it did. Pretty sure Postal 2 is worth more than that movie. I think that's what I paid for. <laughs> I think they just got the Postal movie. I will say, though, Zach Ward, for his B-movie credit, is a fairly decent B-movie actor, and he is the best part of that movie. So, if, you, if you don't... One last Jiway Bowl movie I want to mention, because I just find the title hilarious... Zombie Massacre, Reich mm-hmm. of the Dead. Oh, no. <laughs> was that one of the ones that came out around the same time as Dead Snow? <laughs> I don't know. But, oh, oh my God, Dead Snow. Uh, I, love, I, just, I love Dead I, Snow. I saw the title, I saw the cover, and I just... I 
I can't stop laughing. <laughs> is the color is the cover exactly what I'm picturing in my head? Probably. You should a bunch of SS zombies. Yep. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. That that well, tickled my funny bone and I am happy. <laughs> that that's good, because uh I think we're done with the podcast for the day. <laughs> All right. Well, that's this has been a fun episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you guys got anything to plug this week? Uh, I will be back to streaming starting tomorrow. And it suddenly started downpouring at my house. Cool. Um, <laughs> random factoid for my day. Uh, no. After my move, my stuff was back to being set up. Uh, I still don't have furniture, so I bought a folding table and a twenty dollar chair from Walmart. Damn. So that I could use my computer again in relative comfort. Not sit <laughs> on the floor. Yep. I'm also sleeping on an air mattress, but eh, yeah. you live. It's more comfortable than some beds I've slept on. That's fair. Uh, but yes, so back on Twitch, twitch.tv slash control freak. And obviously facebook.com slash review. Yep. Uh, like... Oh god, I can do a post about bloodstained. <sighs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Light, you got anything this week? Nope, I'm unplugged this week. All right. And obviously, uh, you can follow me, twitch.tv slash lordsedge, twitter.com, at sedge underscore gaming. And also, you can follow this podcast on Twitter, at gamingcasualpod, and join our Facebook group, facebook.com, search groups, and it's Gaming Casual Podcast. And I'm, and I'm on YouTube also, Sedge Gaming. That's going to hopefully be revived soon-ish here. And we have some big announcements coming up in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned. Woot. Uh, thanks again to everybody who made our E3 Part 2 special our highest viewed episode yet. Hopefully we can continue that trend. Yeah, all six of you, please keep listening. And if you want some more good podcasts, uh, go check out the Discount Podcast. A couple of my friends do that one. They sit around a table, and they're kind of a wrestling podcast, but not really. So go check them out. And we they're available on most of the platforms that we are. And all right. That's about, that's about all I have. <laughs> that was probably the worst ex- exit I could have done. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Sudden cutoff. Hmm. So long. Hey, at least it's not like the Sopranos. It just fades. Hey, guys. Sedge here. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our intro music, 8-Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting the link in the description. Thanks. Bye.